Well, you know, it's a tough world out there if you are a sheep. There are so many bad things that can happen to you. <laughs> I, I couldn't resist that bad pun. <laughs> I promise no more today. Well, hopefully not. I mean, there is so much danger for a sheep. I mean, a sheep has no natural means to defend itself. I mean, you look at that thing, fuzzy and white, and it kind of looks at you like, huh? No natural means of defending itself, so what's a sheep to do? I mean, it's not equipped to engage in battle against a predator like a wolf, which is sheep's main, sheep's main nemesis. You know, you'll never see a sheep standing victorious over a wolf that has just killed and doing the victory dance. Not going to happen. Because in any contest between the two, the sheep and the wolf, that sheep's going to lose every time. And that's why sheep don't live in the wild. They are domestic animals. So without a shepherd to care for them, sheep, they're not going to survive. Well, if you haven't figured it out by now between the music and the lessons read, our text today and our message and our theme for the day is all about sheep and shepherds and the perils that a sheep must face in a difficult world. Now, when Jesus calls himself the good shepherd, as he does in our text, you realize, of course, that makes you and me the sheep. And as we said, it's a tough world out there for a sheep. It's not always getting, getting along. How's it been going for you in this world in which we live? COVID-19 and all that's going with it, it's affected us all, hasn't it? It's a tough world out there. Now, I'm, I'm guessing many folks, and I know that's the standard answer, we're quick to answer, oh, pretty good. But I think you and I both know that's not always accurate. Sheep, you see, tend to look at things from the point of view of, well, a sheep. I suppose we can't help it, because that's what we are. And with sheep, you don't stop being a sheep or thinking like a sheep. And thankfully, shepherds don't stop being shepherds. Well, sheep, can, they can be grazing merrily in a pasture, and they usually are. That's the picture we always have of them. Kind of oblivious to what's going on as far as they know. Everything is fine and dandy. And they see that shepherd standing off, watching over them, don't think anything of it. And yet, as they're gazing, they are totally unaware of that wolf sneaking upon them. Now, for us, we can be going about life. Roof over our head, car in the garage, perhaps, maybe a paycheck coming in. Kind of nice if it does. Friends and family that we enjoy spending time with, recreation, hobbies, we look forward to. It sounds good. We think oftentimes life is just sailing along rather smoothly for our sheep. Well, occasionally we have sicknesses to deal with. Yeah, we, we know that. And with the aches and pains in our joints, and as we get a little older, there seems to be a few more of those. Maybe there's a lack of sleep because you're thinking and concerned about what's going on with loved ones, family, and friends. Hectic schedules, especially students with their, their mixed lessons and at home and in place. We can always use a little more money, it seems. But all in all, life for our sheep is not too bad. Could be worse. Now, I'm your pastor, and the word pastor means shepherd. 
Now, technically, I'm not your shepherd. Jesus is. But I am Jesus' under-shepherd. That's what you've called me to do. And that allows me, and in fact demands of me, the privilege and responsibility of telling you how things look from a shepherd's point of view. And hopefully we all are in agreement, thankfully, the shepherd has a different point of view than we do. He sees the big picture. He sees the hidden dangers that sheep face. He sees the wolf coming long before we know that it's there. It's not if he sees the wolf coming, he knows. It's more a matter of when. It's a given. Now we know wolves attack sheep. They always have and they always will. I mean, not just for fun. They attack sheep in order to devour them. It's what wolves are good at. They're built for attacking. You know, I mean, sharp teeth and claws. They're fast. Got ferocious feet. They don't faint at the sight of blood. And they sink their teeth right into a sheep. And the sheep may never see it coming until it's too late. That's why sheep need a shepherd. Because a shepherd is there not only to warn them, but to defend them, to fend off that wolf. Oh, my friends, that's what we have in Jesus. And that's a good thing, my friends, because you and I have a powerful and deadly enemy who's out to hurt and harm you and me if at all possible. And this enemy wants to devour you just as a wolf wants to devour a sheep. And this enemy of yours is none other than Satan himself. Now, Satan, he's a sneaky, deceptive, and clever fellow. And he's been in this game a long time. And he's been trying to destroy God's loved and special creation, you, mankind, ever since the days back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And one of his favorite tricks is to try and get you to think he has already had a full stomach and therefore isn't interested in you. Lie, lie, lie. The wolf, Satan, never stops hungering for sheep. Because sheep are the only thing that he eats. And he's hungry for you, for your family, for your loved ones that you care about. He doesn't care about you other than somebody or something that can get back at Jesus and God for throwing him out. He's not happy with you, not because of you, but because of who you belong to. Now, I'm sorry if this kind of talk bothers you. Maybe you don't want to hear about Satan's goals and how vicious he can be. Maybe you don't want to think he's anything more than some cute little red-suited, pitchforked, mischievous munchkin who really can't do you much harm. Uh, I'm afraid if you're thinking that, perhaps this isn't the place for you. I mean, plenty of churches out there that you could go where you're not here about sin, not here about death, not here about consequences for sin, not here about the devil. Because they don't want to upset the sheep. No wolf talk. That only agitates the sheep. But you see, my friends, if, if I, as an under-shepherd, didn't warn you about the wolf, I'd be just as a hired hand in our text who cares nothing for the sheep. Remember what they said, the hired hand ignores the wolf, even runs in the opposite direction? But that's not what Jesus does, nor is that his assignment for the shepherds. And my friends, he's your shepherd who loves you 
And my job as one of his under-shepherds is to alert you to the dangers around you and encourage you to be wolf-aware, to be vigilant and watchful for the wolf's efforts towards you. Now, that almost seems self-evident, especially as those of you who have been here all your life or come regularly, that we hear this message, and of course we know that. But Satan is so deceptive. As a sneaky, conniving enemy, I can assure you the devil's not going to show up looking like a big, bad wolf attempting to devour it. He's not going to do it. He's more likely to show up in your lives looking like something pleasant, something attractive, something desirable. In fact, the Bible spends some time describing him in, in those kind of characteristics. In uh, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. he's described as an angel of light something beautiful and glorious and radiant, something or someone beautiful to look at, someone who seems harmless, something even fun. He's not. But our current culture plays right into that deception. I mean, how many TV shows portray devils and witches and demons as misunderstood or harmless beings? These are nothing more than examples of wolves in sheep's clothing, pretending to be something they're not. You see, we sheep, we're not always very bright when it comes to combating Satan and his many compatriots. We easily become distracted as our attention gravitates to the, to the shiny trinkets and the baubles of life that are dangling in front of us on the TV and Internet and the print media. And those bright lights blinking and the glamour displayed by the celebrities, the advertisers can cause our eyes to glaze over and no longer see the dangers that come from wandering away from the Good Shepherd and his directives on how we can live successful lives. That's what Satan's after, to get you away from the Good Shepherd. And it's happening all the time, day in and day out. Well, we have to be aware, my friends, too. The wolf doesn't rest. He's constantly looking for ways to snatch you away. He's smarter than you, more powerful than you, more clever than you. And he's not halfway around the world somewhere else. No, he prowls Hopkins out in our parking lot and Minnetonka and St. Louis Park and Edina, your backyard, your neighborhood. My friends, you need to be wolf aware. And here's the punchline. It's very simple. We have a good shepherd. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus is more powerful and capable than the wolf and his cronies who are out to get you if they can. And Jesus has already won the contest between God and Satan. He won. And because he defeated Satan, we can piggyback on that victory and defeat Satan as well as he comes at us, if we're aware. Now, listen to what Jesus says about himself and his relationship to you and me. In the eight verses of our text from John 10, 11 through 18, there's a phrase that Jesus repeats five times. Eight verses, five times he says it. Do you think he's making a point? He says, I lay down my life for the sheep. Five times. Your good shepherd tells you he lays down his life for you. We go, yeah, yeah, I know. I hear that week in and week out. That's good. Hope you, hope you do. 
But does that tell you anything about how he feels about you? I mean, how many billions of people are in our, our, on our planet and living, and yet he's saying, I care about you, how he feels about you? Absolutely. He's telling you, you're special. You are a loved person. You matter. Because one doesn't willingly die for someone he doesn't care about. Only the most special and loved folks get that kind of attention. And we know Jesus willingly threw himself into the bloodthirsty jaws of the wolf and was devoured on that cross for you. He died. Not pretty. Not at all. But Jesus didn't stay dead. The jaws of the wolf couldn't keep him. Jesus burst out of death's grass, rose in victory on Easter morning, and because he did, and because we're connected, linked to Jesus through faith, that wolf can't harm you if we stay with our good shepherd. So when Jesus says to you, I am the good shepherd, he's not merely making a statement to inform you. Yes, it's true. He's not just saying, that's nice, I'm a good guy. He's telling you so that you stay near him. He's telling you and me, I am your only protection, friends. Satan, the wolf, and all the things that he uses to tempt and tease and try and tear us away from him is not out to help you. Jesus is. And Jesus is saying, I am your only protection. Stay close to me. Don't drift away. Now, final warning. Even though the wolf has already been defeated, he's not gone away. He's still on the prowl, and you are still his favorite target. Since he's not capable of dying, think about that. He can continue his angry prowling, looking for any way he can to get back at Jesus for defeating him. Satan is not happy with Jesus, and he wants to get back at him for what he did to Satan. And you are his means of doing so. You and I need to be wolf aware so we don't be dragged down with Satan. It's a tough world out there for a sheep because we don't always see what's going on. But Jesus is with us, not only here in the building, but when we leave in the parking lot and go about the rest of our week. And he knows his sheep. He loves you and is, will continue to watch over you. And because of that, we say, praise be to God. Amen.